if you can cut through the noise and the fat that's part of the morning ritual is like allowing yourself some time to listen in there's a lot of answers there including your intuition and including how you should eat i think if you're courageous enough to act on those feelings i think that that's where like really cool things happen namaste and welcome I'm Vettina Blumenthal, and you're listening to the Soul Compass Podcast. I'm here to help you find your inner calm and deepen your self-discovery journey. Take this moment and focus on yourself. For your mental health, your ability to find ease in your everyday life, and your emotional well-being. It is so important that you nourish yourself not only physically, but also emotionally and mentally. Here at Soul Compass, you'll learn practical tips from experts who will leave you with a sharper focus and a renewed commitment to yourself. Hello and welcome to another Soul Compass episode, our 16th episode And I'm just really excited today. Not only do we have an awesome guest, but I also get to spend the next 30 minutes with you. As you're listening to this, I am currently in the jungles of Mexico right now, taking a very small, intimate group of people who are dedicated to the inner journey. And a big reason why I wanted to start the Soul Compass podcast is you don't have to start doing this work in the jungle of Mexico and traveling the world. You can start this work wherever you are. And maybe you're already on this journey. Maybe you're just getting started. But welcome. Welcome to the wild side. A big passion of mine is mental and emotional well-being and today's guest we get to dive into that a little bit and I'm always curious on ways that we can continue enhancing our mental and emotional health. But before we get started, if you're new to this, we always do a check-in at the beginning of the episodes. So if you're driving, just being mindful and just sitting up a little bit taller reaching tall through the crown and pressing the sit bones into your seat. And if you're at work listening to this, just uncrossing your legs, planting both soles of the feet onto the earth. And if you happen to be seated, finding a cross-legged position, If it's safe to do so, placing your hands on your lap and closing your eyes if you're not driving. Taking a deep breath in through the nose. And as you exhale, can you allow the shoulders to drop away from your ears a little bit more? taking another deep inhale and as you exhale can you soften the muscles in your face your forehead your jaw letting go of any unnecessary tension that you're holding on to at the moment just checking in Are there any body parts that are 
speaking to you today? Are there any sensations in the body? Just taking note, being the observer. And try not to add any judgment onto the observations. Noticing and checking in where you're at mentally today. And just observing. Knowing that wherever you're at right now in this moment is exactly where you're meant to be. Don't try and change anything. And then slowly moving your awareness to your energetic body. Just noticing where you're at energetically. Slowly allowing any thoughts to dissolve. Taking one more breath together, taking a deep inhale in through the nose, and exhale to let it go. And whenever you're ready, you can gently flutter your eyes open. And we'll get started with today's episode. I often ask myself this question, and I'm going to ask this to you today. How much coffee is too much coffee? And I'm sure you're aware, but the answer is remarkably different for each and every one of us. But hey, I'm not here today to discuss the ins and outs of coffee consumption. That would most likely put you to sleep regardless of whether you've just had a cup of coffee yourself right now. But I'm here to introduce you to one man who found he was using coffee as a crutch, had trouble sleeping properly as a result, and felt he needed to drastically change his life. Shane Heath has been interested in health and well-being since a very young age, he researched Ayurvedic medicine, trained in the martial art jujitsu, of which his teacher also incorporated aspects of yoga and breathwork. And he advocated at this young age for eating a plant-based diet. Although Shane loved the wellness industry, he didn't imagine he would ever find himself working in this space. Shane has a fine arts degree and after college found himself working in the tech industry in Silicon Valley. It wasn't until he was invited to spend six months in Goa, India, as an artist in residence that he began to transform and he began to explore the possibilities in a new venture. Shane is the co-founder of Mud Water, a coffee alternative consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures old and young for their health and performance benefits. Shane and I discuss many topics today. But a few to spike your interest, we talk about using visualization to manifest, uncovering the fear of failure and how to get through that, 
letting go of always trying to fit in and stepping into your authentic self, why the nine to five grind culture no longer serves the new world of work, the effects of caffeine on your mental and physical health, the negative effects of poor sleep routines, and why it's important to have a solid morning routine. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Shane, I'm so excited to welcome you onto the podcast today. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us. Thanks for having me. So on Soul Compass, we are all about keeping it real. We love to keep it authentic. And I know that you have a really, really cool story to share. I've read about it. So I feel like I have these tidbits of information, but I really think that our viewers would benefit from hearing your journey. And I know that when you get into a business that's a little more spiritually focused and your mission is something greater than yourself, there usually tends to be a catalyst that sparks this journey. And I'm just curious to know what that catalyst was for you. You know, my background's in design. I've been working in the tech space for around eight years, designing everything from brands to websites to mobile apps. And um, I sort of fell into that paradigm that coffee was you know, going to allow me to do more, do it faster. I was working in Silicon Valley and buying into that whole hustle culture mentality. But I also had this other side to myself where I was also a fine artist. I went to school for both design and art and grew up in Santa Cruz and was early on introduced to living more of a progressive lifestyle, eating healthy. I didn't necessarily live in a house that was you know, organic or nothing, but when I was in college, I was very drawn to Ayurvedic diets and, and yoga. I trained jiu-jitsu a lot, and I don't know if you follow jiu-jitsu, but um, one of the main practitioners is a guy named Hicks and Gracie. He's still around now, but in his day, he was just like the god of jiu-jitsu. But what was interesting about him is he incorporated yoga and breath work and diet into this, you know, into this world. It was typically kind of like this macho, you know, fight and grind it out. A lot of the UFC fighters were like these big steroid users and he was the best. Like he went undefeated and also was doing like cold baths and breathing and yoga. So I always saw yoga as being yoga and these kind of... Uh, I guess you can call them like Eastern medicine and, and spiritual work as being beneficial to my performance, both in the office and at the gym. Whereas maybe some people might have these reservations of, oh, that's, you know, that's like a feminine thing to do, at least back right. seeing this shift happen, you know, now, which is a beautiful thing where people are adopting plant-based diets, people are using meditation and visualization for success. And um, I guess early on, I was kind of just drawn to that naturally. Yeah, back to working in Silicon Valley. So I, I, I was drinking tons of coffee, just started to notice the negative side effects of caffeine, um, at least for me. I, I saw other people drinking it, and I never really questioned it until I just noticed anxiety build up. I noticed how it was affecting my sleep cycles. And if you're not sleeping, it can pretty much systematically oh, yeah. deteriorate your moods and give you depression. And um, at the end of the day, I was trying to get really good at what I was doing, whether it was jujitsu or design. And I was just like, I'm reliant on this stuff just for a baseline level of energy, the same way that somebody would be reliant on like a sleeping pill to fall asleep. And I just felt like 
that's a crutch. I got to find something different. And um, right around that time, I got invited to do an artist in residency program in Goa, India. At that time, I'd never traveled, you know, outside of Mexico and Canada. I've just been like working the whole time. And I was, I was just so ready on so many levels on the art side on, you know, being able to make a change in my diet. And then also just finding out more about myself in the world. And so I, I took a leave of absence from work and lived in Goa for six months. It was at a space called Bayou and they're trying to make people more or relate more with the ocean and with the environment through surfing and through music and through art, the same way that, you know, lightning in a bottle and maybe Burning Man is bringing people together and building a new um, relationship with the environment where it's like leave no trace and, you know, being more conscious about how we communicate and how we uh, protect the environment. Fell in love with Chai, came home, was, uh, was eating Chai as a base and then just started to build in different ingredients that fit my lifestyle. So I've been to India a few times and the problem that I always found when I came back home is that I couldn't get the chai like I got in India. So was that kind of a driver for you? Um, a little bit. So yeah, the chai in India, when you get it on the street, it's typically like a lot of sugar and milk. So it does have a certain... That's why I like it. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, but I ended up finding this company called Blue Lotus Chai. In the States, it's, it is really tough to find good chai that either because you can get concentrated chai, like chai from concentrate that you just kind of right. to it. And that's always going to be packed with sugar or some sort of preservative. It's not traditional chai. It's not necessarily healthy for you, especially if you go to Starbucks where it's just literally syrup that they put in. Totally. Then a lot of the powders as well, they might, they might have some binders and, and they might have some sweeteners too. Um, but Blue Lotus is sourced from India and it's really concentrated, so you don't have to add a lot of it, but it comes in a powder and you mix it in and it's about one seventh the caffeine of coffee, organic, a really good spice to it and no sugar added, no like nothing's added. It's just the spices and the black tea. That was what I found. And then then it was just a matter of if I'm gonna drink something every morning before pursuing, you know, the pursuits that I want in the office or creatively or, you know, physically. Why not make this morning ritual something that addresses mind, body, soul, everything? You know, there's nothing out there that could meet that need. It's like coffee is an amazing vessel for caffeine. A lot of teas might have a little less caffeine. Maybe green tea has some L-theanine in it to balance out the, the jitters and spike. But it's still like too much caffeine, and it's really just only caffeine. Right. So I decided doing research, which is something I've always been interested in doing, and kind of drew back on some of the Ayurvedic stuff that I was doing. Um, earlier in my life and added turmeric for inflammation and I was doing intermittent fasting so I added cinnamon and added cacao to sort of round out this flavor profile and help with mood and then the mushrooms kind of came into my life too. That's awesome. So I'm curious to know what your morning ritual is. I've always um, taken my morning ritual very, uh, I guess you could call it seriously, but I, I think it's just very important to my life. It's very important for my mood but also for um, I just tend to like draw more things into my life that are aligned with my uh, my future dreams um, if I have them. So uh, this year I've started to wake up earlier, which is a new thing for me. Um, I started the year waking up like right around sunrise, around 6 a.m. I have my phone on airplane mode, um, which I think is a really important thing to do is fall asleep and give yourself some time before bed with your phone off, not having to worry about notifications and whatnot. And then the same thing in the morning, give yourself some time to ease into the day and like realize that you're actually existing, that you're here, you're breathing. All these things are 
you know, normally when you wake up and you just dive into an Instagram and you're like pretty much living someone else's life, you know, we all have mirror neurons. So you're like watching videos and photos and like, you're not even present at all. And in the morning, I think you have the highest capacity for presence. So I try to use that, sit up, meditate for maybe just like 10 minutes. And I just tap into who I am, my body. It's like a very simple, just like I'm just breathing. I'm just, I'm just like appreciating that I'm, I'm alive. Um, and then I'll drink a lot of water. And then I typically go and work out of some sort. So I live really close to the beach on Venice. So a lot of times I'll just do a beach run and halfway through I sit down and I, I've been doing a lot of breath work lately. And then I've been doing a lot of visualization. Can you explain a little more? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Since I was really young, I've always kind of been drawn to this power of like manifesting before I even knew about it, before the, the secret came out or whatever. I just remember being young and like sitting in my bed and wondering if I could feel like something existed or if I was doing something else, if like over time it would happen. It was so trippy. And then the secret came out and I was like, whoa, people are talking about that. You're like, I actually do this already. <laughs> and then I, I read Dr. Joe Dispenza's book um, called You're the Placebo and that also blew my mind. He does some amazing work and he just goes really deep into this, the neuroscience of that. I really feel like it works for me and really benefits my life. And um, so yeah, now what I do is after I breathe or do a breath work, I feel like my mind's kind of in the state that Joe Dispenza talks about. It's kind of like this neuroplasticity, like you're in a believable mind state. You're, it's almost like a psychedelic state a little bit where you can visualize things better and stronger and apply beliefs to it with more emphasis. And so I created a video on my phone of different things I want. So like I, I wrote 10 things down that I'm grateful for that haven't happened yet, which is a really cool practice to do. It brings up a lot. And, and so I built kind of like a mood board around each one of these things I'm grateful for. And so I just sit there with like a song that I really like after breathing. I'm in this like really cool meditative mood. And then I just sit there and like say thank you for these things that are coming in. Well, okay, I have a question for you about the fear around it. Because I think manifestation is like this buzzword right now. Like, what are you scared of when you're writing the things down that you're grateful for that haven't happened yet? Yeah, I think there's like a natural fear around committing that some people have, you know, like, I'm going to go all in and go after this dream. But you, you kind of don't really want to because if you do that, and then you fail, it hurts or you're so that it's like a fear of failure. I think is what typically is there. Um, but I've kind of gotten, you know, I think once you notice that, it, you can dance with it a little bit and then you kind of break it down. Because at the end of the day, it's like, why be afraid of that? It's like really what you want and you're not going to like die from, I mean, I guess you could die from pursuing certain things that you might want. <laughs> it's like <laughs> skydiving, something really extreme. Totally. Yeah, I think understanding or at least like um, acknowledging the fear instead of you know, like, I would love this to happen someday and just living your life and never fully pursuing it because you never at least acknowledged whether or not you wanted to face that fear or not. So now it's like these things I'm like, yeah, when I wrote them down, I noticed the feelings that came up and some of it was like, like, how is that going to change my life? Or like, am I ready? Am I worthy of this? Like, it, like, who am I to say I deserve this, you know, and these kind of things. And then I think that's like the start. And then over time you become into this state of like, I am this, I already have it, I can do this. And that's how real change happens, I think, because I think it's very easy to just live in these cycles of, yeah, maybe you get inspired here and there, but then the fear comes back and then you just end up just staying where you're at. 
not that you have to keep pursuing something, but that's just my life. Like I love growing, I love creating, and part of my life expression is just doing these things and finding out more about myself or creating more. So okay, we I know I we kind of got off track because I was digging and asking questions. So the ritual that you do in the morning would be writing down things that you haven't happened yet that you're grateful for. Yeah, I sort of already started. I already did that. You know, I guess you can simplify my morning ritual down to like meditate, drink water, visualize, sweat, keep your phone on airplane mode. (laughs) I love that one. Keep it on airplane mode. But sometimes I get a little bit nervous. I put mine on like the nighttime silent mode because people who really know me and if there is an emergency, they can call twice and get through to me. But if I have my phone on airplane mode, I don't have a house phone anymore. One other question I had for you, because I know you mentioned that like You were into Ayurveda, yoga, these more spiritual practices, maybe before, let's say, the average population was. And I'm curious to know, as a male in the spiritual world and also living in Silicon Valley, how was that for you? Like, were you able to express yourself fully or did you feel like you had to hide that from the people that you were working with? I think I had a a girlfriend early on who was really into yoga and then her friend was really into Ayurveda and I in general have always been very interested in like I said when I was younger I was really interested in like this manifesting that was when I was like 14 13 I didn't have anybody to talk to about it or I didn't feel like there was a community around me to discuss so this was like things that I just kept inside like just interesting things thoughts about my mind about my capacity and about the spirits about God like I had so much inside and that I didn't really get to let out. And then in college, you know, I would meet various people or get to do certain things like yoga or Ayurvedic cleanses. And I was like, this is um, resonating with that, that thing inside of me that, you know, I feel like I'm kind of a chameleon. Like I can fit in amongst multiple different types of friend groups, but I'm also not afraid to like express myself in certain ways. So I remember there was a time in college, it was like Cinco de Mayo, and all my friends are just like partying. I was dressed up as a mariachi included, but I was also on an Ayurvedic fast. Like I was on a cleanse, and I was drinking all these like weird teas, and my friends were eating like Domino's pizza. And they're like, dude, Shane's so weird. Like what the hell? He's like painting downstairs and doing these cleanses. But I think when you act out of your, from your intuition, it's like the universe starts to reward you in, in cool ways. And I feel like it's led me down paths and I think early on, maybe I, there was a little fear around how that would uh, affect my friendships or like I would get judged or whatnot. But maybe it's just a matter of I had, you, you start to curate your friends, I guess. Luckily, I didn't lose any friends because of it. I think a lot of my friends appreciated that about me and I'm loving this now, you know what I mean? So we can connect on it now. And so it kind of deepened our connection. And probably because you were like being a little bit more authentic too. Like once you let go of the mask of having to be the chameleon, and just allowing your true self to shine through. That's awesome. I think that's the, the huge underlying theme of hopefully like how I act, but also like what mud is, is, is not just doing things because that's the status quo or because that's the prescription. It's like you don't eat what you eat because of the food pyramid. Like find out what works for you. And obviously if you did eat like the food pyramid, you'd probably be really unhealthy. You know what I mean? So like internally we have so much wisdom and, and if you can, cut through the noise and the fat as part of the morning ritual is like allowing yourself some time to listen in. There's a lot of answers there, including your intuition and including how you should eat. I think all of these things are, are you can feel it, you can feel what's right. And um, I think if you're 
courageous enough to act on those feelings, I think that that's where like really cool things happen. I love it. So I'm curious to know, well, for people who cannot actually see you right now, Shane is in his photo booth slash sauna and it's awesome. But I'm curious to know, not that Asana is spiritual, but I, I know that you do things a little bit differently within Mudwater, but how do you incorporate spirituality into your business as a founder, as a CEO of your company? How do you incorporate that and lead as a role model? I don't know if I would call it spirituality, but definitely mindfulness. I love spirituality. I love that world. But like when we communicate, it's all about being like present, being mindful about how we work, how we sleep, like how we're feeling. I've co-founded two other companies before and I've worked in the tech space for a long time. And many of those years I've been in that hustle culture of like, you just need to work, 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 drink more coffee, sleep less and get more done. And I think that that's like an old paradigm. I, I think that the hustle culture and the whole thought that eight hours of work equals eight hours of output is sort of outdated. Like that was made around, you know, assembly lines and factory working where it literally was like you're sitting there and you're doing one specific task. Now it's all about creativity. It's like, how are you solving problems? How are you, uh, are you planning for the future? How are you creating a team that's working synergistically to create a bigger thing? Right. And so that's a lot more nuanced, a lot more subtle. It's not about how much you work. It's about how you work and who you're doing it with and what you're working on. All of us were drinking mud, which is a great start. Um, you know, I put on our board, we kind of have like a daily ritual that's like an aspiration. And it's kind of like my morning ritual, but it's like, if you want to do it, you can. And it's, you know, fasting. It's like waking up and meditating and visualizing and drinking water and, and all of these things. And, and uh, we also start every day with a, just a little check-in. Um, we do it through Slack, which is an internal communication tool. And we have an automated chat bot that queues up a couple questions like, how well did you sleep tonight or last night on a scale of one to 10? Um, like, what are you grateful for? What, what were you excited about yesterday? Like these kind of things. And it gives us, you know, it's a really cool thing for yourself, but to share it with the team kind of holds you accountable. Every Wednesday we do a 24 hour fast from our phones, from meetings. So no phones in the office, no meetings can be scheduled. And then we do 24 hours, no food. So it's a, it's also like a fast. Oh, I love that. It's so cool. It's been an amazing thing. Like fasting is one of the biggest, like it's, it, this is coming out more and more from all the leading researchers, especially like around longevity, but also around performance is just eating less and sleeping more are like the two biggest biohacks quote. Um, and it's so simple and you don't need to buy anything. Like you need to buy less, buy less food, sleep more. Like in the benefits you get from that, it's going to be more than any pill you can take. And as a team, how have you seen the benefits within the office? Yeah, so back to the founder story, like I started the company by myself, was growing it in my home, in my art studio, and then I just got insane. I had a previous co-founder from another company, and he was kind of advising me, and he has an amazing track record of experience, has started a couple of successful companies, and was actually the CEO of the previous company that I was at. And so he was advising me, but he's also a coffee drinker. He was a coffee drinker throughout that first six months. He was drinking like four cups a day. He was also prescribed some anxiety meds. And throughout that process, he became closer and closer to the company and was just like, I at least need to try this out. I need to like quit coffee for a week, give this a try. Within two days, he was, he hasn't drank coffee since. Like he was able to take his anxiety meds. I'm not saying that don't take your anxiety meds, but the effect that it had on his ability to sleep 
and his reduction in anxiety and his mood, like he's been so changed just by that simple shift. And then since then, he's gone on a wide range of things. Like he was very conservative and was, you know, just felt a little trapped by some of the mental issues he's dealing with and has since done some work with like plant medicine work and going on down that path. And I mean, I think that our production level, like the scale that we've gotten with just two people, we recently brought on a customer support engineer has been like largely attributed to how we work. It's not the amount of work. Like we both check ourselves. We're both like, go home, go sleep. Like you need to go work out. Like these things are crucial in the long term for our business. So we're not necessarily working more than people. We are working better, I think. Working smart. That's incredible. And I can totally relate to the coffee story. I I went to a nutritionist at one point and my adrenal glands were just on overdrive. And I couldn't sleep. Obviously, then you're like really relying on the caffeine. And I started drinking mushroom coffee, which had been a big switch for me. And like the sleep, when you talk about sleep as being part of your ritual and having a good sleep and having an undisturbed sleep, it's a game changer for your mindset, your life, like the anxiety and stress levels. It's incredible. So I'm curious to know, how did coffee affect your work in business? Um, once you especially went to India, discovered chai, and then came back home? Yeah, I mean, I've always been somewhat of an anxious person as well um, as another co-founder and like suffered through bouts of depression and whatnot. I think it's just, I overthink things and it's a benefit, but also a curse in some ways. And also I found out a recent a stat recently that 50% of the population has this certain gene around metabolizing caffeine and they're not able to efficiently metabolize caffeine, essentially 50% of the population. And that can lead to, you know, how it affects your sleep because coffee or caffeine inherently has a six hour half-life, but it can be exaggerated out for certain people. And then that can also exaggerate how your perception of stress, your perception of all these things. So I think I got my, my genetic test back and I'm definitely on that side. (laughs) Um, Very slow metabolization of caffeine. And uh, I think for me, it was like, yeah, like you said, the sleep thing. After I started sleeping, I realized that my baseline level of what good sleep felt like was way off. So yeah, I think being able to, uh, to look forward to getting a good night rest and, and feeling like I'm getting refreshed complements just the, the research that I've done on it with Matthew Walker's new book called Why We Sleep. And I think that over the next couple of years, it's going to get way more um, important. Like, Sleep wasn't really discussed, I don't feel like, over the last 10 years. Like, I don't feel like it was ever that huge of a thing. It's just like, yeah, you go to sleep, you wake up. Like, top performers typically slept less, I would say. Like, that was like, oh, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. Well, I'm associated with an organization called Women's Brain Health, and 70% of the Alzheimer's patients in the world are women. So this is why I'm, I'm fascinated by the brain, especially from the female perspective, but I think it's benef- all the preventative measures are beneficial for everyone, essentially. But one of the biggest factors, especially in your 20s, 30s, if you're not getting enough sleep, you're at higher risk for brain aging diseases when you're older. And sleep is probably one of the biggest pillars that affects your brain health. I remember being like in my early 20s, hardly getting any sleep. And I was working in the music entertainment industry and I couldn't remember things 
for the life of me. Yeah. Like it's wild how sleep has changed that so much. And obviously meditation and, and rituals like you're expressing, but man, sleep is sleep is numero uno. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and we're we're coming out with a dream blend. So I'm really excited about it. Like it's going to be a similar flavor profile to mud, but it will have a chai rooibos tea, so no caffeine. It'll have turkey tail and then it'll have valerian root, ashwagandha passion flower and then l-theanine in it and so as a blend it tastes amazing i've been drinking it for about four months now i was just realizing that there's so many beverages out there including ours that are sort of synonymous with waking up like your morning ritual how we rise like there's a lot of people curating products towards that experience because it's like so associated with work so it's like what do you drink before you go in and be productive right but there's nothing that's synonymous with sleep yet like there's no coffee, tea, beverage, beside, like I guess alcohol would be the most synonymous. And like all the studies are showing that alcohol, despite how people drink a nightcap and whatnot and it helps them relax, it doesn't actually, it actually inhibits your ability to fall into deep sleep, to like restorative sleep, the same way that sleeping pills also, they give you kind of this, uh, it's like a fake sleep. Like you, you are out, but you're not getting deep sleep. So um, yeah, we're coming out with a product that hopefully can serve that role and give you something to build a, an evening ritual around, which I think could be the next big thing. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, well, I cannot wait to try it. Where can people find Mudwater and I, what it's called Dream... Dream Blend. Dream Blend. You can go to mudwater.com. It's M-U-D-W-T-R. The Dream Blend will probably come out later this year, like sometime in wintertime. We're about to launch a coconut creamer. So it's a coconut milk and MCT powdered creamer. You can add to your mud and it kind of turns it into a frothy latte yeah and check us out on instagram that's where we kind of keep you know we both inform so we talk about our ingredients and our inspiration my story and whatnot but we also talk about when our new releases are coming out as well amazing well definitely link all of those the the social media links and the website in the show notes for those of you who are listening you can head there if you want to check a little bit more out about Mudwater and also about Shane's story. Shane, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story and being so authentic. Um, it's been such a treat. I had a blast. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Remember, to stay inspired in between our episodes, you can head on over to Instagram and follow us at Your Soul Compass and at Wonderful Soul. For free meditations and mindfulness guides, you can head over to WonderfulSoul.com. And please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player so you never miss an episode. And please, 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 if this content delighted you, leave us a note telling us on iTunes. I read every one of these personally and your feedback really helps me grow the show and produce the type of content you find valuable. Thank you, you beautiful soul, for dedicating time to your self-discovery journey. Not only are you contributing to your own mental and emotional well-being, but you are contributing to a healthier, more harmonious world and raising the consciousness of our planet. You are amazing and beautiful, just as you are. Thank you for being part of our journey, and thank you for letting us become part of yours.